Rabbis call him pastor. Pastors call him rabbi. His patients call him doc. And his New York family calls him Meshuga, crazy, because he believes in Messiah. Welcome to this episode of To Life, where Miles Weiss highlights the hope behind the headlines. Shalom, all y'all. Salam. Welcome to another edition of To Life, the Hope Behind the Headlines. I am watching the wheels go by. I'm watching the news and I'm watching the movement of the Lord around the world, bringing salvation to individuals and moving nations into the positions they need to be in for the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. And I am amazed every day at how accurate and how the alignment of nations is so completely prophesied and will, in fact, fulfill God's word as we move forward towards the return of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Melech Hamlachim, Adonai Adonai. He is the one. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is, in fact, the hope behind the headlines, which is what this podcast is all about. I am revamping a message that I began months ago shelved it for a minute to watch the unfolding of this system of papers, passports, and pariahs that we're seeing unfold around the world, I'm especially concerned here in America and, of course, in Israel, and also in the nations of the world, that there is a gigantic global experiment being foisted upon the people of the world to see how quickly and easily we will succumb to centralized authority, for us in America to determine which of the mandates, quote unquote, that we are subject to are actually constitutional and legal versus which are the whims of petty tyrants throughout every level of government. So watching that unfold, I'm reminded, of course, back in the 20th century and other times when there would be the marginalizing of a group of people. We saw it in Stalin's Russia. We saw it in Mao's China. We certainly saw it in Hitler's Germany, the marginalizing of a group of people in order to separate them out for second-class citizenship. We see it inculcated in the Sharia movement of Islam, where they actually have a second-class citizen, has a name called a dhimmi, which means someone who doesn't have the rights of a Muslim in a Muslim-dominated country. So I'm watching and I'm waiting, I'm praying, and we are concerned that we're allowing freedoms to be eroded in ways that we had not anticipated. And because of the information coming at us so quickly and so ubiquitously, we're just inundated over and over again with more information than we can process. So we need to be selective about news sources. And of course, the greatest source of our news is the good news, which is the Word of God. And that's where we base our interpretations of what we see around us. So we'll get into this message in a moment. I'll pick it up in the middle. And I want to say that we are watching this unfolding of what could lead to a one world government and a system of political and economic tyranny that we see predicted, but we just don't think it can happen here, quote unquote, and it can happen now, quote unquote. But we seem to be watching it unfold. So Keep looking up. Your redemption draws near. So I want to talk to you a little bit today about papers, passports, and pariahs. You know, there's some of us who grew up, for example, for me growing up in the old country, New York City, I grew up with people who had been through the Holocaust, the Nazi Holocaust of the Jews. And so I grew up with people who had a tattoo on their arm, their forearm, a number. Their name was taken. They were given a number. 
And you, as you may know, tattoos in the Hebrew scriptures are uh, anathema. They're verboten. They're not to be. And so to tattoo a Jewish person, especially a religious person, is uh, really an insult to the spirit and the soul. But so the Nazis tattooed. They took our names. They gave us a number. It began with a marginalizing of the Jewish people. There was a delegitimization of marginalizing economically and then the what Goebbels, the Nazi propagandist, said is that you would tell a big lie long enough, a big enough lie long enough, people will believe it. And I believe that right now the earth is in this birth pangs that Yeshua spoke of in Matthew 24 about the coming, his return. And we're seeing that this is a marginalizing of certain groups. And to what I can observe at this point, the Christians around the world are the 21st century Jews. In other words, Christians are being delegitimized, marginalized, and there's an arising of a secular onslaught against Christianity, against belief in God and in Yeshua, in Jesus. And we're seeing that in this pandemic, so-called. Some call it a plandemic. Some call it a scamdemic. Some call it different things. But in this season, we understand, and I told you back in January 2020, that this thing is real. It's a real disease, but the way it's being dealt with is 25% medical, 75% political, and pardon my math, it is 100% spiritual. Ultimately, this comes down to an assault on the Bible, on the Word, and who those who keep the Word, Judeo-Christian people, both believing Orthodox Jews and the believing Christians, and those of us in the middle here who are Messianic Jews who believe both Testaments and are believing that There is a Messiah. He was prophesied over 300 times in the Tanakh, in the Hebrew Scriptures, and he's coming back on Air Horse One. He came as a lamb, but he's returning as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And so knowing that or believing that, we see that there's this marginalizing going on right now. Now, I don't fault anyone for taking a vaccine. Maybe someday I'll have to take it myself, but I don't believe that this is a vaccine. I believe that it's an experiment. And it brings to mind for me, maybe I'm a little paranoid being a New York Jew and being raised with uh, the Cossacks are coming, the Babylonians, the Assyrians, the Egyptians, the Greeks, the Romans, the Nazis, the Inquisition is just around the corner and no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Kudos to Monty Python. But I do see that we are in this place of marginalizing those that do not go along with the protocols. We've seen it all year long with the masks and not masks and two masks. You don't need a mask. You need a mask. You need two masks. You need three masks. You need a mask for your nose, a mask for your mouth. You need a be mask whenever you stand up. When you sit down, you don't need a mask because your behind has supernatural prophylactic qualities to fend off this disease. So standing, mask, sitting, you're okay. Outside in the air, there is zero, zero, let me repeat that, there is zero evidence that there is outdoor transmission. I think uh, I heard on the on a report, it was two out of 7,000 in, generalized into major studies. So, but yet when you go out, especially here in the, on the left coast, when you go out to walk in the woods or on the mountains, uh, someone will yell at you and tell you that you have to mask up even though you're 15 feet away from them in the open air with the sun shining, et cetera, et cetera. That that said, the idea of marginalizing goes back over centuries. The Muslims, medieval bishops, and eventually the Nazi leaders used an identifying badge to mark Jews. I want you to think about this in terms of the Jews, but also in terms of some of the social engineering that's going on right now to kind of get us prepared for an in-group and an out-group. 
decrees ordering identity badges, they they were isolated acts. They were part of a series of anti-Jewish measures to segregate Jews from the rest of the population. And it took hold in the French Revolution, the 18th century, Jewish emancipation in the 19th century. Eventually, the Jewish badge disappeared, but the Nazis renewed it. They brought it back in order to identify. And it began with uh, the need for papers or a passport papers. The old joke in the movies is the guy with the German accent saying to people in all those 1940s movies and 50s movies, uh, where are your papers? You know, you have to have papers that prove that you are able to travel from state to state, from country to country, from place to place. And that begins to stigmatize and humiliate a group of people, but also segregates them and marks them so their movements can be watched. Now, obviously, this is all going on digitally right now. They see everything we're doing all the time. But it was Goebbels, again, who said that the Nazis needed a general distinguishing mark for German Jews in 1938. And so they began with the yellow star, about the size of a palm with the yellow star, the Jewish star in a six-pointed star. That was put in their passport. So you had your papers, you had to have a certain passport, and you had to wear something that identified you as some kind of a pariah. In other words, you were unwelcome in the main society. One of my great favorite myths is that in Denmark, which was a little bit more tolerant of the Jewish people, it's been said over and over again that the Danish king Christian X, Christian X, Christian X, wore a yellow star in solidarity with the Jews, but it's really, he didn't really wear one. But he did say to his finance minister, Wilhelm Buhl, that if the Germans introduced a star in Denmark, perhaps we should all wear it. So that was a step. He was saying, this can't end well. And that's, I think, what we're seeing today. This idea of marginalizing people based on vaccine, so-called or not vaccine, or shot, not shot, or jab, not jab, is the beginning of a marginalizing of a group that will eventually lead to perhaps a division that we cannot recover from. So this is a plea in a way. Let's keep our eyes open about all of this, that there are forces afoot in the world right now that are desiring to separate us from one another by race, by class, by location, and to control our movements, our thoughts, etc. So I think in the days ahead, we want to really think about not safety first, but freedom first. You know, I'm reminded of Benjamin Franklin at the Continental Congress when they came out, a, a woman asked him, sir, what kind of a government did you create? And he is alleged to have said, a republic, if you can keep it. So on the political level, watch out for papers, passports, and pariahs. On a spiritual level, we need to recognize that our hope is built on nothing less than Yeshua HaMashiach and his righteousness, that we want to stand on the rock, the solid ground of Yeshua during this season. Things are shaken. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. We're seeing that. But I believe in the midst of that, we're going to see tremendous harvest of souls. We're going to see incredible changes coming around us regarding how people relate to each other, how people relate to congregations. And uh, God is on the move. And I'm excited about that. Just want to say to stay tuned. If you like what we're doing here, please, by all means, subscribe. 
And you can also subscribe to our email list. I will not inundate you with emails, but I will send usually a monthly newsletter that does this kind of hope behind the headlines message where I'll tie together what's happening in Israel, what's happening in the world, and what's happening in the Bible that relates to it. And also good personal news. I'll have news you can use. I'll have news you can peruse. And I'll have good news to beat your blues. I also want to ask you to follow us on social media, Miles and Catherine on Facebook. We're on Instagram, Miles underscore Catherine. Also, get our resources. If you're having marriage issues or you have any relationship issues, go to our website and get When Heaven Hits Home, Ancient Wisdom for Today's Couples. We wrote a great book about a year ago that gives you homework that allows you to improve your marriage, your relationships. It can be a boss. It can be a child. But it's basic principles that come from the Tanakh, the Hebrew Scriptures, and the New Testament, and the best of psychology. Because I went to Bible college before I got my master's degree in psychotherapy. And so the Bible comes first. It takes precedence over any psychological technique that we use. So check out the resources, get our book, stay tuned, share this with your friends. I believe there's going to be more and more teaching and humor and just info that you can use to help you during this season as we go through these incredible times looking for the Messiah's return. So, Miles, what gives you hope behind the headlines? It is the assurance that God's word is true, that God cannot lie, and that just as Yeshua came as the Lamb of God, as John the Baptizer, Yochanan Hamitbi'il, the John the Immerser, as he said in John 129, Elohim, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is returning as the Lion of the tribe of Judah, and we're looking forward to that day. So keep looking up, keep your hope. In spite of the headlines, look for the hope behind the headlines. See you next time.